This is episode number 75 of The Ship's Podcast with Abby Walla and David Storch. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Welcome to the Ships Podcast. You are all in for an incredible episode today. We have two guests joining us, Abby Walla and David Storch, who are award-winning actors, writers, and producers in Hollywood. They've acted in top TV shows and movies on HBO, Netflix, Amazon, ABC, and more. While touring the country promoting their latest film, they simultaneously built their own digital marketing agencies on the side, where Abby grew hers past six figures in less than a year. As entrepreneurs themselves, Abby and David understand the challenges and needs of the community and are passionate about coaching entrepreneurs to become confident and authentic on camera to attract their dream clients and make their competition irrelevant using the crushing it on camera video techniques. This is an amazing episode with Abby and David. We talk a lot about the creation of their digital marketing course, Crushing It on Camera. We also talk about the importance of entertaining your audience, or rather, engaging your audience, and figuring out what your audience cares about. We talk about the importance of authenticity and honesty and being relatable in the online space. We also discuss how video is this incredible medium in order to build connections with people online and how acting skills could help one create a profitable and sustainable business. Finally, we discuss how to find your calling and how to do something that brings you joy. So this is an incredible episode. Please share it with your friends, leave a comment, subscribe if you really like this episode. So without further ado, let me please introduce Abby Walla and David Storch. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today, we have two amazing guests joining us, Abby Walla and David Storch. Abby and David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Yes, we're pumped to be here. Yes, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. We haven't had people like you on this podcast yet where we're really discussing on how we can use media and specifically how we can use video to really develop deeper and more meaningful relationships with the people that we're working with, 
with our clients, with our prospective clients, and really use this type of media to build a community in sense. So it's really great to, to have you both on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's our favorite topic to talk about. So we're happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, a, uh, we're pumped. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourselves and where does your journey in pursuing this path begin? Sure. Um, there's so many different elements of it, but to start, David and I are both actors, writers, producers living in Los Angeles. And, you know, we've had um, maybe, uh, we've had a good career so far. We both worked in television. Um, and written projects together are, you know, and David could dive into a little bit more of the type of work that we've done. But we initially got into this entrepreneurial world as, um, you know, on the side, I was really just wanting to build a digital marketing agency. Because if you know much about the entertainment industry, even if your acting career or your writing career is going really well, there's gaps of time in between projects. So, um, you know, we might be working on a TV show one week, um, and maybe we're also working on a, writing a film script, but that might take us you know, six months to a year to write it, and then we only get paid after we sell it, if we sell it. So there's often a need for a side hustle. So I had gotten into the entrepreneurial world to build a digital marketing agency on the side and was able to do so pretty quickly. I was able to scale it past six figures in the first year of doing it, was able wow. to keep it yeah, it was it was kind of a wild ride. It was pretty <laughs> unexpected. And, you know, at the time that I was doing it, I was keeping it on the side, but David and I were actually traveling the country promoting this film, Holiday Hostage, that we wrote, produced, and starred in together. Uh, that's, that's a really good name. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, our, it's our life. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's about a dysfunctional Jewish family held hostage on Thanksgiving. So it's, it's a, it's a um, fun comedy. And so we were traveling the country together, you know, as I was building my agency. And, you know, David can kind of tell you how he kept popping in, like, wondering, like, what I was doing online and, um, you know, how I was building this business and stuff. And, and so then, he started building his agency as well. Um, David, I can let you dive into that a little bit. I feel like I'm, I'm telling both my story and your story right now. We've been a lot of bouncing back and forth, but it's making it super easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, should I keep going then, David, or did you want to? Uh, keep going and I'll fill in the gaps. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we were traveling and I was building my agency. And through doing this, I was, you know, David and I started meeting all these entrepreneurs and realizing what an incredible community this was. And, you know, as we were meeting them, we were starting to hear all of their stories of like how they were getting out of their nine to fives or all the different challenges they were overcoming to go this, you know, unbeaten path of the entrepreneur world, which is actually like so much harder in a lot of ways than doing like you know, the typical nine to five type work. And what we also started noticing was that, you know, people were terrified of getting on camera and sharing these stories that, you know, that they were writing long ad copy, which is fine, but they weren't getting on camera. And we could really see that they were missing this opportunity to, you know, grow their audiences more and connect with their audiences in a much more meaningful and impactful way if they could get on camera. So David and I put our heads together and we decided we want to solve this problem. So we created our program, uh, Crushing It on Camera, where we teach entrepreneurs how to be awesome on camera, how to tell their stories, how to 
um, you know, like we said, connect with their audience in a much more meaningful way. And it's, it's amazing for us because it combines both of our passions of, you know, being on camera and uh, this entrepreneurial world. Yes, I love that. I don't know if there was anything you wanted to add, David, to that. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll just uh, add my side a little bit. Um, so I started out, Abby, like Abby said, we're actors and artists producers in LA. I actually started out as a, a stand-up comedian and improviser in New York City. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so I was doing stand-up there at the comedy clubs, you know, paying my dues, starting out geez, at the like, open mics and working my way up to playing late nights where I'm playing comedy clubs at one in the morning to two people. One person is so drunk they're passed out. The next person doesn't. Even <laughs> uh, and then eventually started getting, you have to audition in order to like perform at these clubs. And then if they like you, they, they pass you. It's either you pass or fail. So they pass you. So eventually I started getting past these clubs and getting to perform on on some uh, great nights with some great comedians and then started touring the country, getting to open for some cool people and big names, which was awesome. And um, doing improv at the Upright Citizens Brigade, which oh, great. Uh, that brought me out to Los Angeles where I met Abigail uh, and we started working together. We met in acting class and started working together. And that's where our stories uh, kind of combined, like she said. And, um, and by the way, only David and my grandmother call me Abigail. We don't need to start that trend for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, 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 keep, I'll keep saying Abby. <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> her grandma and I call her Abigail because she annoys the hell out of us. So that's like, <laughs> like Abigail. Yeah. That's how you stop her. But uh, that's where Abby and I met. And, you know, she, Abby does not like to uh, throw down uh, our name, like what we've done, but I don't mind doing it. So <laughs> throw it down, David. Throw it down. Uh, we've appeared between us on shows like HBO's Silicon Valley, HBO's Veep, uh, Amazon's Goliath. Oh, uh, that's great. Your white people. Uh, Netflix is the week of with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, Switched at Birth on ABC Family, or I guess that's Freeform now. Uh, and lots, lots more. See, like, Abby, you got to give us credits, yo, so people believe that we're actually <laughs> actors. I know, but, like, then you, what would you be able to brag about? Like, that's your favorite part. Oh, okay. I get I it. Can't take it. I can't <laughs> take it from you. <laughs> uh, oh, this is great because you really do, I mean, kind of combining what you both said, Abby, with this digital marketing space that now both of you have entered and then using all this experience that David has just mentioned. I, from my perspective, I'm curious as to what was it that really inspired you to get into the digital marketing space? Because it, mm. it sounds like both of you have had pretty successful careers as actors as well. So what was it that you were looking for or, or what was it that really moved you to get into the digital marketing space? I guess I glossed over some more too, but you know, David comes from that stand-up comedy world background and I come from a little bit more of like a traditional acting background. Like I did, I went through an acting conservatory. So my start was on the stage and doing lots of like Shakespeare and Chekhov and Neil Simon and all of that stuff. So um, David and I have this great combination of, you know, the different types of backgrounds that we have. Bobby's fancy and I tell poop jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I can also tell a mean poop joke. Um, but anyway, so I would say the, the, the initial 
tiptoe into this online space was actually when David and I um, were creating our, our film Holiday Hostage. We, neither one of us is naturally wealthy or come from a wealthy family. And we wanted to create this short film, but we didn't have the money to do so. So we were going about it and we were going to crowdfund for it, which, uh, you know, so if you know, like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, we were going to raise money to make this film. And we actually ended up hiring a crowdfunding coach, this guy named Justin Giddings, the Kickstarter guy, and he taught us how to crowdfund. And our goal, which we thought was like insane, was to raise $40,000 in the month to create our film, which, you know, because we were doing it and we we're using union actors and all this stuff. So we needed $40,000 to do it in the way that we wanted to. So David and I spent months prepping for it and we launched our campaign thinking like, hoping like on the first day we were going to make like $5,000 or something like that. We were like, we just need like something, but we were terrified it wasn't going to work. On our, in our first 24 hours, we raised over $20,000. Wow. And yeah. It That's was, amazing. It was, it was insane. Like we were so shocked, but we also were like, we worked so hard in preparing for it. And then we ended up throughout the month, we raised over our goal and we ended up with $50,000. And, you know, we just realized like the power of being able to make money online uh, because, you know, that was way beyond our inner circle of friends and family that were donating. We were able to reach a much wider audience. Uh, so that was like, I, I would say like the first time that I really saw the power of, you know, if you, um, you know, our, our campaign was not just like, give us money, give us money. It was like, we actually like entertained our audience for the month. Like we made it really fun and everything like that. And it was, you know, I just saw the power of being able to use social media to connect in that way and then actually to get our projects made. And I think what we realized was that like, when it comes to online stuff, like we, it was just, when we made that type of money, it was just us being us. It was just us being authentic and like being our goofy, um, dumb, entertaining selves and like having our like back and forth kind of repertoire and um that was cool to see and we kind of realized that like that's something that a lot of people are lacking on the uh internet um is that like they they have that they are that i mean maybe they're not as goofy or whatever but like everyone has their authentic voice and and that's what people want to hear but for some reason when people were getting you know on the internet uh, trying to sell stuff they would get very like business and stiff and uh you know monotone or whatever and we kind of were like no just like let's just be ourselves that's what people want to see that's how people relate that's what people relate to and so that kind of like in intrigued us too to see that this like whole world was kind of um not even tapping into that if you will and so that uh that was something abby and i and she kind of mentioned mm -hmm. in the intro we kind of realized like oh like we have the ability to help people with that yeah. And if they weren't being like monotone and stiff, they were like trying to like put on this mask of like what they think people want them to look like. So it's like, you see this on social media all the time. It's like such a highlight reel. A lot of people are trying to be like whatever their favorite influencers like, and, you know, trying to just kind of flex that, you know, my life is awesome every day kind of vibe to it. Yes. And it's just really not what people connect with. Uh, so, you know, that's a huge part of like what we try to show up as our authentic selves, like David said, and, and really try to teach other people to do the same. Yes, I, I think that's so important. And what I really love about what both of you are saying, and I'm wondering if we could dive into this a little bit deeper, 
is this idea of entertaining your audience. So I think for those of us as actors, that's what we do in our lives. That's, that's an j- actor's job. But when you're talking about uh, digital marketing, I think you're absolutely right. I think most people do start to approach it in this very serious business manner. So from a business perspective, how important is it to entertain your audience and why is it important to entertain your audience? So I personally think it's important to entertain your audience, but I think that also comes with like, I think when people think entertain, I don't want people to think like, you know, you got to create some sitcom for that or like someone <laughs> crazy thing like entertain doesn't mean you have to be this like extrovert or you have to have this like if you have a partner like abby um like this like back and forth repertoire like entertaining you can be an introvert and be entertaining you can be on the quieter side and be entertaining that's really maybe the word is like engaging versus entertaining i would say that is the key word um good job abby Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> You've earned your regular name and not your full name. <laughs> so, so, would, how, so how can people uh, be more engaging then? I was just going to say by being their true authentic selves. And a lot of that, what that boils down to is prep work and like doing the work ahead of time before you hit record. Um, so you can, which like sounds weird to say, like you need to do the prep work so you can be your true, natural, authentic self. Because when you, and Abby, I know we'll dive into this a little more, but uh, which is why I'm not doing it. But because when you just go into something like on the fly, you're like, I'll just wing it and I'll be my normal self. That's when everything goes downhill and you end up being non-engaging and end up kind of freezing on camera, stumbling over your words, rambling, because you have no action plan. It'd be like walking onto a football field never having practiced never you know stretching and just being like oh i'm sure i'm gonna ace this and then of course you have like 30 guys running at you full speed and you have no idea what to do (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah and i think also you know really being in touch with what your audience you know, and, and I know there's like a variety of different type of people that listen to your podcast. So maybe not everyone's like a business owner, but everyone probably has some type of audience or your friends list, whatever you want to call them. Like, what do they care about? Like, what are their wants? What are their needs? Like, what is important for you to share? Like, what do you want to get across to your audience and really getting in touch with that? And then, you know, when we talk about authenticity, it's really about instead of adding on those layers, that mask of like, you know, I'm going to project this, you know, awesome vibe. Cause this is like, I want everybody to think this is who I am, but I'm actually just like really sad right now. Or, you know, there's hard things going on in my life or I'm having these specific challenges. It's like being perfect actually, or projection, projecting perfectionism actually just makes people feel bad. Like people will watch yourself and if they think you're perfect, they just don't feel good about themselves. But when you show up and you are being your authentic self, which is probably a little bit messy and you know, you have things that you're struggling with or challenges that you've overcome, like that's the stuff that people relate with. That's the stuff that people resonate with and, you know, makes them want to keep following you because you're being honest, you're sharing your truth. 
And, you know, if you do have a business, that's ultimately what makes people want to buy from you because you're building that no like and trust factor. And one of the best ways to do that is by being on camera because they're really getting a sense of who you are. Yes, absolutely. I, I think that all of these really traits that you're talking about with regards to authenticity and being relatable, having honesty, I think all these things compound on top of each other. And if you're able to present these in such a way that is captivating or to use your word, engaging on camera, I, I mean, you, you guys have seen the, the, the effects of that and, and that with the clients that you work with, I'm sure have seen amazing results. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people when they, we work with two different types of people. So um, one is like the, the person, whether they're an entrepreneur or a business owner or someone that's just trying to build their branding, who has maybe never made videos or when they do make videos, um, it takes them a a ton of takes, like a ton of tries to get a couple minute video out. So we have this, like, you know, it takes me two hours, 20 takes and a mini meltdown to make a two minute video. That's like one type of person that we work with. Um, you know, people that just have a lot of anxiety about showing up on camera. And then we have another type of person that we work with are people who maybe are already comfortable or confident on camera, but they're really not using their videos effectively like maybe they ramble a lot or they're all over the place or their content's not on brand so we work with both types of those people in terms of the the first type the more anxious type like one woman came to us and she literally was breaking into rashes from the anxiety when she would have to get on camera like it was wow. that bad it was so bad and she's happy where is she now she just launched her YouTube channel. Oh, so that's so great. <laughs> oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, and she is so smart and she has so much value to give. And so it's like people are lucky that she has now overcome that fear because it's like we all have stuff to learn from her because she's, you know, amazing. But that fear was just getting in the way of her being able to be visible. That's amazing. And I'm sure it, it, it has to, to feel good too, both from, from your both of your perspectives as well, to be able to see that transformation that happens over time. And so, so what is really your process when you first start working with these clients? Do you have like so, some sort of assessment or consultation or you're, or you're perhaps looking for what they're trying to get out of the course or, or the training with you? It would depend, right? So if, there, if this is like a consultation like for us to talk to them to figure out if they should be in the course or if our should be a coaching program or things like that. Yeah. Like we usually talk with them first to figure out what's best for them. Abby and I kind of have lived by this rule of like, we're here to help you. Like the whole mission is to make you awesome on camera. So we're not here to, you know, obviously we're going to, we're not here to basically say, let's sell you into the highest program. We're here to be like, what's the best thing that suits you. And once we figure that out, then yeah, then we'll um, either put you into this uh, program one program two. And most of the time that's just asking you questions like what's your biggest struggle? What's your biggest fear? And like Abby was kind of talking about if they're more the person that's just like, you know, I'm new to the camera game. I ramble or it takes me two hours and 20 takes. We know to put you here, if we know that you're like, you know, we have eight figure entrepreneurs who are really, really good on camera um, and they make lots of money uh, from it, but they make 20 minute Facebook lives that should only be 12 minutes. 
So we know they need this type of scenario, more one-on-one -on -one action where we can take out the scalpel and we just fine tune them and then we send them on their merry way. <laughs> mm -hmm. But pretty much no matter the type of person, the first thing that it comes down to is that we have a four-step prep process that we teach that is something that you can do really quickly, but it's gonna make your videos, you know, 10 times better. So that's for everybody that we work with, the first place is, is just really getting them to have a solid preparation process for their videos that they can use across the board. And, you know, this is something that from our acting and our writing background that we've been able to develop, um, you know, between all the TV auditions and everything that we do, and we've been able to really distill it into what's most important for entrepreneurs, because they don't need to be playing other characters, they need to be showing up as their most authentic selves. So like, what are the steps that they need to do? And then also keeping in mind that everybody's like, you know, I'm so busy, I don't have time to prepare. And so making it really simple and something that you can do in a matter of minutes. Um, well, depending on how long the video is going to be. To go off of that, really, actually what you just said led nicely into my next question. You have all of this experience through acting, through writing, through producing. And in my work, I'm a big believer that the skill sets we learn as actors are incredibly adaptable to a wide variety of different businesses and industries. So really, apart from the aspect of really being on camera, how do you believe your acting skills, whether it's through doing stand-up or whether it's through being in the conservatory and then all of your experience after that, how do you believe those acting skills have helped you in your business? Well, for me personally, because I'm sure it will be different for Abby, stand-up has really helped me with communicating with people and being able to read people well. Because when you're on stage um, performing, you know, doing your comedy act, you very you have to be able to read that audience to know if it's working, if it's not working, what you need to tweak on the spot, on the fly, especially when you're hosting, like when I'm hosting uh, stand-up shows, um, I have to, well, you know, literally do crowd work. And so that is just, I mean, at the end of the day, that's improv. So I need to be able to- And that's to like David's specialty, by the way, like for, cause you guys haven't seen him perform. Like he is awesome at doing crowd work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, that is my specialty. I love <laughs> That's your one compliment for the year, Dave. That's my one compliment I get. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so that's really helped me with that. And honestly, like, it's helped me, though, being a writer um, for both, you know, writing scripts. Um, I get hired a lot to punch up scripts, which means, like, it's my job to take a script and make it funnier, like, make the jokes better, um, whether I'm doing that from home or I'm actually on set why they're filming and I'm being like handing the director notes saying, Hey, say this, say that. Um, like tell the actor to say this, say that. Um, that's really helped me with copywriting and things like that to just implement in my business to make sure that I'm getting across what I want to get across, but in my own voice still, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh, writing the way you talk. Yeah. Because when you're reading that, it, I feel like it, I can only imagine it comes out much more conversational when when you're approaching it in that manner. Yeah, that's just, that's just something. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, you know, we're in language arts class and, you, you know, you have to do those, like, write those, like, stories, like, make up a story. It's about a circus or whatever. Um, I've always been told, like, wow, you, like, really write the way you talk. That's kind of crazy. And you're not, like, they teach you not to do that. And I was always like, 
forget that. Like, why wouldn't I run away? That's crazy. Why would I not? That's yeah. how I talk. And I'm glad I uh, stayed with that. I think that was just always like kind of my, um, my writers, my screenwriting side coming out. I just was always mm-hmm. a conversational guy. So that's helps personally helps me. I'm sure Abby is a little different. Yeah. I mean, I think all the things that you said, absolutely. I would add, you know, I've always run my acting career like a business and, you know, in this, age of the entertainment industry you know it's not really like how it used to be where it's like you know you have an agent they're doing most of the work for you it's like it's a very different hustle uh now people are uh you know self-creating content um you know it's really up to you to be getting jobs a lot of the time and to be coordinating your career like a business and i've always treated it that way and so um the transition into running this as a business I just feel like all of those skill sets have been preparing me for it along the way. And then, you know, more specifically about, you know, acting in itself, I would say, you know, a lot of the, the like the storytelling techniques, like this is something that David and I are both really passionate about is helping people tell their stories. So, you know, a lot of people, like we talked about earlier, you know, have overcome a lot of challenges and obstacles to be on the path that they're on now, or they're continuously overcoming them. And a lot of people have these amazing stories that if they were brave enough to tell them, you know, if they have the courage to be able to tell them in an effective way would have massive ripple effect of impact on other people. And so that for me, I would say like the acting background has really helped um, enable us to be able to help other people tell show up and tell their stories and it's something that I really believe in uh so that's probably one of the most rewarding things about this for me is like when we have a client like we have a client who um you know went through a lot of like mental health issues and you know was uh feeling suicidal at a time and things like that and when he starts sharing his story it's like it's so powerful and and the impact that that has on on other people to have that sense of belonging of like feeling like, Oh, I'm not the only one. Like if this person went through it and they've overcome it, it gives people hope. And like you were talking about, you know, your whole goal with this podcast is like finding ways that people can be connecting through social media and, you know, just adding positivity into this world. And I think that's where I get the most gratification out of the work that we do is when we see that happen. Yes. And I I think that really the possibilities are endless in in which the the variety of ways in which we can connect to one another in today's day and age. And I, I absolutely agree with you that when people share their stories, it really opens this door or or maybe breaks down this wall that was up previously and allows you to see the authentic person right in front mm-hmm. of you. And I, that makes a world of a difference, whether you are just trying to have a conversation with someone or whether you are, you know, selling products or, or services and, and working in that sort of entrepreneurial space. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it just makes the world feel a little smaller in a good way when we all are starting to feel connected. And, you know, it gives a lot of people who maybe need permission to step up and tell their own stories like if they're watching your videos and they're seeing you do it you know that courage spreads like courage is contagious and so i think you know if everybody is able to be a little bit more courageous like the impact that that can have is just you know unstoppable yes ah so important 
so uh, we have a good amount of actors who actually tune into this podcast. Really trying Hi, to actors. Yeah, yeah. Represent, represent. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think that sometimes what a lot of actors run into is uh, really, really this, it, you know, it, it can be such a difficult industry sometimes going out on auditions 99% of the time. Yes. You hear a no. And as I was mentioning earlier, I'm a big fan of really actors recognizing the skill sets that they have and figuring out unique and creative ways in which they can apply them to other industries, perhaps while they're going out on auditions kind of like what you were saying before in the creation of this side hustle. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so my question to you is, uh, to both of you is how do you believe other actors can apply their skill sets to different industries as you have with uh, the mm -hmm. digital marketing space? Yeah. I mean, one thing I would just say is that, and I know David <laughs> agrees with me is like, I just do not subscribe to this starving artist mentality. And I think a lot of people wear that patch with pride. Yes, and right. I just would love for that to not be a thing anymore because there is something that happens when you have financial security that just takes this weight off of your shoulders. And you actually, a lot of times can be more creative. Um, and, you know, so I would just say like a lot of times, people are just, you know, doing, and it's fine if you want to waitress or work at a cafe or whatever that is, but don't do it just because that's what everybody else is doing it. Like do it if you want to do it and that's fine. But there are so many opportunities where you do not need to be trading time for money. Like we don't get paid by hour, we get paid on our value. And so I would just say like, start shifting your mindset away from like an hourly type job, because then if you live in a city like LA or New York, the amount of hours you have to work per week to be able to just live like somewhat comfortably and be able to afford headshots and acting class and all that stuff is insane. You'll have no time left for actually doing what you want to pursue. So the entrepreneur path is not easy either. David and I both work very hard, but we're not trading time for money like, like hourly anymore. And I would say that's like the biggest thing. So don't just get out of that starving artist mentality. I think a lot of people think it's like a prideful thing and, and it just does not need to be the way that you live. So I, I would say, um, figure out, I, I mean, I agree with what Abby said, obviously dumb doing it, <laughs> but, um, agree with you don't need to be a starving artist. I think you should think, I, I also don't think you have to start be an entrepreneur and have to start your own business. Uh, that takes, that's really hard and it takes a yeah. lot of time and it can be really stressful. Um, I, I just don't, I don't want to lie to you. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to lie to you guys about that. You know, Abby and I are running a business and you know, we still have our multiple auditions. I still have to, we're both writing. I'm writing a film right now. She's writing a TV show. So we still have to do that. Um, I just book something. So I have to film next week. And that's cool. And it's exciting, but it also really messes up my business where I have to be like, okay, I have to go look at my schedule now and reshift everything. The joy is I'm the owner of the business uh, or the co-owner, obviously with Abby. And so I can, I have the luxury of being able to move things because it fits around me but at the same time that can cause for a pretty long work day so I also think it's like figure out what you're good at and what you enjoy and that could also mean just getting a job that lets you do that like being like I have always loved 
and it was something I was doing before I started this business with Abby is I always loved kind of teaching and facilitating, um, helping people. So I became a facilitator and I would be hired by different companies to do that. You can make good money doing that. And it also still gave me the flexibility where I could do the auditions, where I could go book roles. And like, you know, I would just have to, if you're an actor, you know this, I would just have to book out with my agent or my manager whenever I had a facilitating gig that would pay very well. You can get these quote unquote nine to five business jobs <laughs> that where you go to other companies and you, you know, teach them how to communicate. If you're an actor, you're probably a very good communicator. You can do that stuff. You also did. Oh, I was gonna say you also did like your your DJing bar mitzvahs, which is like pretty decent gig. Yep, I had I DJ and MC in bar and bar mitzvahs and weddings and birthday parties where I would do on the side. Um, That's great. Weekends, you know, you could make if I would do like two bar mitzvahs. That's it, like a one on a Friday and uh, one on a well, they would be always be on Saturday, but uh, one on a Saturday and like another party on a Friday. Um, you know, you could make potentially like depending on where you live up to, and if you're working for a business so you don't own the equipment, you don't have to worry about that. You can make like two grand in a weekend. That's great. So like, there's many ways you don't have to be a starving artist. You're still going to hustle because you're, you're still, you're doing multiple businesses at that point, right? You're still an actor and now you're doing something else. But yeah. like, like Abby said, you can find ways to not be a starving artist to get your, to, um, what'd you say? Abby? Yeah. Something about the value line it was so good I don't want yeah to getting paid for your value versus yeah. like just for your time and and another another job I had while we're just throwing out other good jobs is like I did customer support for tech companies for a long time and so I was like I was able to work from home I have good writing skills uh good problem solving skills and I was able to learn the tech side of thing but it was like work from home um somewhat flexible hours you know so there are a lot of creative things that you can be doing that still allow you to be pursuing your career to the fullest and this is not just for actors but um for other people too who are maybe trying to transition out of um a job that you have to have to a job that you want to have or like to pursue your passion whatever it is uh you know there's a lot of creative things that you can be doing and there's also like amazing online courses to be educating yourself on certain skill sets. Like I don't have a digital marketing background. I don't have a sales background. Um, but I took a course on Facebook ads and like learned how to do that and was able to like successfully build a business doing it. Um, you know, so there, you can also, you know, pick something that like David was saying, like something you like and you think you'd be good at and then learn the skills to be able to pursue it. I absolutely love that because it allows for, it not only allows for a little bit more flexibility, it also, uh, I, I love what you said earlier that, uh, of course, in the event of really working hard towards some sort of entrepreneurial goal, you then have that financial security, which in turn adds to the creativity of the work that you want to create. And I imagine that that has been a game changer for you both in, in both of your, really your artistic careers as, as actors and writers and producers, that this, this business has really changed the game in, in how you create. Absolutely. I mean, the pace in which David and I need to move with like the types of videos that we create and like things like that, like I am known to be 
um, have known to, to be a bit of a perfectionist. And sometimes that slows me down, but it's something that in the last couple of years of being in this entrepreneurial space, I've had to overcome because you just cannot be a perfectionist and effectively build a business. It just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you just like, you know, catastrophize over everything. So, you know, just on the acting side, I mean, we're constantly creating videos. Like we're getting so used to showing up as our authentic selves. And now it's like when we go to an audition and stuff too, it's like there's just another piece in the day of what our lives are versus like putting all of our eggs in this basket and like showing up like with this desperate energy of like, if I don't get this job, like I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's just like we're able to show up for auditions, knock them out, you know, make jokes in the room, whatever, and then leave and go on and keep with our day because we have other things that we're passionate about that are going on too or to a writing session or whatever it is. And I would say it's actually incredibly empowering. Um, and in terms of like, if you are someone who ever wants to produce your own material or things like that, like we now have the best skill ever. Like we know how to make money. We know how to self-fund, like we know how to make shit happen. And it's incredibly empowering when you have that realization that you're not just counting on other people anymore. Because I think that's one of the most anxiety, like driving parts of being an actor is like, you know, is anyone going to hire me, you know? Yes, that's so true. And really allowing ourselves, and I think, I think this is a big part about it, is, is allowing ourselves to break free of that starving artist mentality and really recognize the wide variety of opportunities there are out there to make money in order to provide a service to others that is going to be worthwhile, that is going to really fulfill them in their own in their own lives, which is what I'm seeing with your crushing it, crushing it on camera course. But then also it allows you to be able to live a, a life that, while yes, could still be very busy and yes, still very stressful while juggling a business and then also an acting career or a career in the entertainment industry, it allows you that sort of uh, it, I think you said this before, it takes a weight off your shoulders and you don't, like you said before, have to rely on others necessarily. You, you, there's not that desperation there. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, I've been in that position where like, I need new headshots and I can't afford them. And that is a horrible feeling <laughs> to be like, you know, uh, or, you know, eking by month to month and, you just like the amount of stress that that puts on you. A lot of people are like, that's what drives me to be a better actor. And I'm just like, yeah, you haven't ever had financial freedom. If you think that <laughs> it's like a very different feeling, you know, and, and that's great if that does drive you. I'm just saying it's, that's not the only way that it has to be, um, you know, because you really want to be able to put everything you need to into your career to make it happen. And unfortunately like LA and New York are very expensive cities. I'm wondering if you could dive in a little bit, uh, kind of switching gears back to video. Uh, why do you think video is such a powerful medium to convey a message? And how can we use video to deepen our relationships to each other? Well, I think video is so powerful because it's just, it's a way, it's a connection tool, right? Like when people are posting um, like we do Facebook because um, Abby and I work in the Facebook world a lot, obviously. Um, people are posting their copy on Facebook. That's still great, but um, it's just 
it's it's a in a way it's like just a peek into their it's just, uh, into their world. It, it's you're reading it, you're removed from it. Um, but when someone's on video, it's so personal. I mean, you are literally it's like having a conversation with them in a, in, like in the room almost, if you will. So it's coming. There's just this difference when it comes straight from their mouth when you're watching them when they're watching when you're able to watch their emotion and their expressions. It makes it at least for me. Uh, more relatable, it uh, makes it more vulnerable, which I just think is such a powerful tool. And when it comes to business, the marketing type of world has just really, it's starting to move much more towards um, intimate marketing. Um, not so much just like this broad thing like we were, we've been doing for years, but it's really moving into intimate and people and i think that's just because people are craving those personal connections especially in the social media world where it's just like yeah i have five thousand friends and i know like 10 of them um, <laughs> right right and you can yeah. even see it with like big studio films or like the way or big brands like not even just films they're promoting through like influencers on instagram and things like that they're promoting through individuals like sharing why they love this product that happens to be a celebrity that you connect with and then you want to buy it versus just running like commercials or those like big broad advertising type things like you can see or, all these big companies are doing it i mean even on like the broad scale have you noticed that i would say it's probably the past like five years now on tv um have you noticed that a lot of those like car commercials and then it, and then it started going into basically every brand they started with like, these are real people, not actors. And it's like, mm. here's my Chevy truck. And they're like, Oh, I picked that one. And they're like, well, that's the new, uh, Kia. But like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously they're freaking actors, but <laughs> that's just like, but that, that was the start of like, there's, there was this transition of like, people were just tired of the quote unquote broad strokes of that we were used to of sales and marketing. And that was the, that was the very, very start of like moving towards intimacy, which is like, Hey, here's just the average joke, just like you and me. And this is what they think of this product. And um, then as social media grew and grew and grew and grew, um, especially with like, business being able to be on social media i think that's when intimate into uh, intimate marketing intimacy marketing really kicked in and was like oh yeah um you can just hop on a facebook live and sell a product and not be a you know a douche about it and be able to be like your true self and have this connection with your actual buyers which at the end of the day is what we all want we just want to have a connection with our with our audience with our buyers with our quote-unquote family. Yes, I absolutely agree with both of you in that really this this emphasis on personal connection, it, it has really boomed, as you said, over the past few years. And I'm a big believer that it's only going to become more and more important as technology continues to advance. Really, both of you, Abby and David, you've really uh, hit, hit an, an important uh, market with, with regards to digital marketing and spreading content via video and using your acting experience in order to propel yourselves to this level where you are serving others at a high capacity and then also getting well paid for that at the same time, well paid for your services. And so I'm wondering if you could share with us, if you had to give us maybe 
three nuggets for the, this attainment of success. And I know success is a very subjective term. So, you know, I guess to dive in deeper a little bit with that, what, what would your three nuggets be of, of advice that you would give our listeners in order to live a life that is creatively fulfilling, financially fulfilling, and fulfilling in a in a way that is going to keep you sustainably happy (laughs) (laughs) i know that's a big question i'm like if somebody figures it out can you let me know uh no that's i mean i think that's um i don't know that there's like an answer i think it's a journey um and i don't know david i I mean find something that brings you joy like the whole Mm. like cliche thing of like you know what is it like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life but like I'm always like cool but you can't always do that (laughs) but you know find something that brings you joy so you enjoy what you're doing so you're not like oh I have to freaking do this again today in order to you know so find something that does that uh really I think you have to this is such a hard question. And by the way, dude, I can't believe you just asked this. This is so tough. This is uh, so rude. Like, I can't so believe rude you put us on this No, it's, like, it's like such this. a good question. Try to make it's us, such a like, good question. change people's lives. Like, this is just ridiculous. But it's just like, I, mean, I agree with, I disagree with Abby. It's like, there's no, like, here's the one, two, three formula for it. Because everyone right, is right. so different. So it's like, what Abby and I are doing works for us. But that's not going to most likely work for you. Like, right? You have to find And it changes. Yeah. So I think it's like, find something that you enjoy doing. Um, <laughs> then get plenty of sleep and drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's, I, I really like that though, because it, I think a lot of it does come to self-care. It, it, it comes yeah. to taking care of yourself. And, and I, I love what you said too, that at the end of the day, because success means something different to everybody, It's about doing what brings you joy. And then I guess figuring out a way to to bring joy to others maybe at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think about like what value you can offer. Like what is something that is, you know, we all have talents and things like that. And so it's like, what can we be putting back into the world? Um, I think there is like the definition, I remember somebody was saying of, um, having a calling is like the intersection of your passion and your skill set is what your calling is. And I always like that because it's like, what are you, you know, really passionate about? What do you love doing? And then developing a skill set that supports that. And, you know, and that's where, and, and some, and we all have natural abilities towards some things or other things, you know, and trying to figure out what that is. And I think that's where our callings come in and then find a way to monetize it. <laughs> Well, Abby and David, thank you so much for not only coming on the Ships podcast, but also thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I think that we're really starting to see a spike in in video digital marketing, but more important than that, you're helping people to provide their services to their clients through through the means of video and allowing them to get more comfortable with presenting themselves, with really showing their true, authentic, and engaging self. And I think if there is more of that in the world, the world will be a happier place. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you That's so sweet of you. 
before we before we head out, I'm wondering if you could just share with us some information as to where our listeners could find out more about you and your work. Absolutely. So David and I are both on Facebook, Abby Walla, David Storch. And if you do send us a friend request, just also shoot us a message and let us know where you found us from. And then in terms of our business, of our course and our coaching program, if you are interested in leveling up your video content and learning how to effectively use it to both increase your impact and your revenue, that's something we would love to support you on. So you can go to crushingitoncamera.com. So that's crushingitoncamera.com. And we also have a free Facebook group called Confidence on Camera for Entrepreneurs. And in that Facebook group, we um, do, you know, different Facebook Live challenges. And it's just like a real fun, supportive community. And it's a great way to get a little bit more of a sense of what we do if you're not quite ready to dive into the actual course yet. But if you are, we would love to have you. So those would be the best places to find us. Anywhere else, David? Nope. <laughs> awesome. Great. Oh, so I have just one last question before we go. What is your definition of a deep, meaningful relationship? Oh God, is this, does a new hour begin right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and here's part two. <laughs> the quick version of that, a connection of a deep, meaningful relationship to me, someone that we, where we can just be open and honest with each other. And what I mean by that is like, we can share the great moments together, but like if shit hits the fan, if things mm. go bad or like if we're just like in a down mode because of something that's happening in life or business, we can call each other and it won't be awkward. And um, I think it's like, as a guy, like that can be like, sometimes like we have this like shield where we're like, hey, bros don't, bros don't share emotions. Um, but like to me a deep meaningful relationship is that like where you can call up your guy friend and just have that talk about anything and they don't you don't feel judged and you don't feel weird mm. that's good yeah, that's really good i like that um i think for Probably me that abby <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to um i mean i think it's it's those relationships that you feel like a true sense of belonging that you're able to be your most truest self that there's not any masks that need to be on that like david said you can celebrate your joys and share in your pains together without judgment um you know where you're able to just be relaxed and you feel like you're being celebrated for who you are versus trying to be pushed to be something maybe that you're not or to fit into some sort of box that is not comfortable for you so just that that place of like belonging and being celebrated for who you are and and also like mutually feeling that with that other person like that place you can be super vulnerable uh, with each other and have that trust. Ah, so good. Well, we'll leave our listeners with that. So <laughs> Abby and David, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Have a good one. 
Abby Walla and David Storch. Wow, what a great episode. It was so great having both of them on the Ships podcast because they were able to provide a new perspective, a new outlook into how you can create for your life, how you can develop relationships with your friends, with your family, but then also with your clients so as to provide a strong and powerful service through video, especially in the age that we're in today with so much noise happening online. They have provided an outlet in which we can still connect with people in an intimate in a relatable and authentic manner. So Abby and David, thank you so much again for coming on the show. If you liked this episode of Ships, please feel free to share it with a friend, leave a comment, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it and would love to hear your thoughts specifically on this episode. Also, if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. Said voicemail may be released in a future episode of Ships, so please call in and let me know your thoughts. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests. So if you're interested in supporting, scroll down to the show notes and click the link provided. So thank you so much again to Abby and David, to our listeners, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.